Chaplin. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow. And they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallaman Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Market Marketplace, marketplace, Debbie is everything marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Hey! Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace Podcast. Kane Chananelli back with you again. Uh, we are going into, we're going to recap week two college football. Um, what a time. Uh, I feel like finally, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like I've been watching college football for a long time. And we're so often used to uh, these top teams having just puff games the first like three, four weeks. So to actually see some of these like top games for these teams, right? The Texas Alabama was wild to have that this early in the season. If you, you know what I mean? Like it just feels weird um, to have that big of a game very early in the season. Uh, maybe that's just me. But I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, it was a super fun game. But, like, Shane, I don't want to call you old, but uh, you've watched college football a little bit longer than I have. Uh, are you the, you feel the same way? Like, to see a game this big this early feels really weird. Yeah, it's, it still feels weird. I like it. I, I like having at least one big game every week, and then you can be like, okay, that's kind of the marquee game. And, like Florida State OSU, great, you know, yeah. then Alabama, Texas. That's all I need. I'm fine with tune-up games for these teams because there's, there's no preseason, so I get it. But, like, it sucks. They used to suck for just three weeks of cupcake, cupcake, cupcake. Like, it, you know, this is so much better that you have a couple big games to look forward to. And I, I don't know if we really have one of those games that's going to be, like, the marquee game this week, unfortunately. Yeah. Like yeah, as much I as I want to hype up Minnesota, like <laughs> you can. When it, I don't think Minnesota North Carolina is the marquee game of the week. <laughs> you know what I mean? North Carolina won and went down three spots in the rankings. You know, it's it's tough. Yeah. That's um, kind of it, where we're at right now. Yeah, this this probably isn't it, I guess. For uh, you know, but I, that's okay. We've had we've had two good weeks going, and we can have a, a down week, and then get into conference play and be solid. And then we open it up. I I'm just looking ahead to week four. There are some games, boys. Like you have Florida State, Clemson, uh, Ole Miss, Alabama, Colorado, Oregon. Uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame, uh, Ohio, Penn, or Iowa, Penn State, UCLA, Utah, Oregon State, Washington State. Like, what a slate we got here! Week yeah, four week, is going to be four is going to be good. Better than week three for sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's not a whole lot week three, uh, but I think week four is going to be an absolute blast. But 
uh, let's get into our format here. Uh, this is week two of this format. If let, hop into the Discord, let us know how you feel about kind of this new format. It's something new we're trying here. Um, but let's go with team up. What team went up this week, Shane? Like, I got to start because our boy Kim Bodie Milk in the Discord asked the question Is Texas back? And Texas is back, baby. Texas hey. is back. Taking down Alabama. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think um, I, I, I was a little bit surprised. Like, I, you know, I thought it would be close. I really thought the coaching for Alabama would win out. But, um, you know, once Quinn Ewers kind of settled down for Texas, they looked really good. Uh, they, they had a balanced attack, good run game. JT Sanders, the tight end, was phenomenal. You know, there were a couple of drops by the receivers. They ended up making up for it later in the game. And uh, the Texas defense looked good. I mean, Texas might be back and now top five team in the country, like legitimate Debbie town all over that roster. It is team up for sure. Nelly, who's your team up here? Um, Give me Miami. You know, I, I was high on Texas A&M going into this past week, and Miami took took care of them. Uh, and, and Tyler Van Dyke is back. Uh, they got rid of the old offensive coordinator. New system is now working. It's got a good set, set of weapons. Colby Young is a stud. Xavier Estrepo is a good guy in the slot. Um, they've got a couple other guys. And then they've got a good group group of guys that are running back as well. Henry Parrish, um, solid. And they've got other guys that bounce around, A.J. Allen. And Mark Fletcher looks pretty good as a freshman. Um, so I think there's some guys there that – well, at least be on NFL rosters. But as a whole, the offense looks a lot better. I mean, um, dare I say post-hype sleeper Tyler Van Dyke? I don't know. That's fair. Um, my uh, stock up for a team is not a ranked team. I feel like we go. I want to go outside on this one a little bit. Uh, I think Louisville is very exciting. Um Obviously hard to judge. They beat Murray State 56 to 0, right? And struggled a little bit week one getting the new offense in. Um, it was their first game with the new offense um, and barely snuck away with the win against Georgia Tech. I think Louisville, um, Louisville to me is what Purdue could have been had, had, had the NIL cared. Right, had Purdue had an NIL. Um, Louisville has one of the largest NIL markets, in case people don't know that. A lot of people seem to not know that Louisville is a very large NIL program. Um, so I, it's stock up for me. I think getting the new head coach in Jeff Brom, getting that super explosive offense, um, you know, as long as they can play some defense. Uh, you could be seeing them at least top half of the ACC here. Uh, year one, I think Jeff Brom takes that, especially when you got some uh, really nice ranked uh, teams that are very good in in the ACC. Shane, team down. Who do you got? Ooh, you know, I'm going with the Tennessee Volunteers, and and you might look at at box scores and be like, uh, you know, it didn't seem too bad, but but. The Tennessee offense this week struggled for, you know, the first half at least and almost to the end of the third quarter with, with Austin Pay, um, the governors of Austin Pay. You know, I, I was high on Joe Milton coming into the year. I, I still 
he has the athleticism and the size, but um, really was inaccurate early in this football game. And they kind of had to settle him down and have some quick throws. Um, you know, they, they have a bevy of running backs there that they kind of leaned on. But, like, it doesn't make me feel good that Tennessee is going to be this high-flying offense without Hendon Hooker this year. And especially when we get into SEC play, can are we really going to see Devi assets develop here with Milton and Brew McCoy and um, Squirrel White, you know, coming out of it, or any of the running backs, Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, Dylan Sampson had a big week one. I, I tend to think Tennessee might be more of a mid-SEC team, and that could hurt some of those uh, shares you have, especially in C2C, but also in Devi some of those players. And Nelly, how about you? Team down. Uh, give me a team you mentioned earlier. Give me North Carolina, uh, who did win against App State in overtime, but moved down in the ranks. Um, the defense is just bad. I mean, they barely snuck by a G5 App State. And the wide receiver group is 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 just it's tough, right? Like I am I am my panic meter is above zero for Drake May. I'll put it that way, because it's like reminiscent of the Sam Howell situation of great sophomore year at UNC and then comes back for the third year and the receiving options are not the same and and the team just kind of has to pivot and struggles a bit. And keep in mind, his offensive coordinator left is now at Wisconsin, who, by the way, is also a candidate for this category. Um, but um, new offensive coordinator is more run heavy, and it's kind of shown. I mean, Marion Hampton went crazy this past game. There's a there's a kind of a, a silver lining here. Uh, he might be emerging as a Debbie asset if he can, can, can repeat that. But, I mean, Drake May is like – uh, one of the most valuable Debbie assets out there. And I don't know. I just worry that a down third year could reflect, reflect poorly for his NFL stock. And uh, the team is not helping him. Yeah. I, I want to talk about Utah. Um, until Cam rising comes back, this team is bad. Like this offense is rough. Um, I, they can move the ball on the ground. They can't move the ball through the air much. The offensive line was not great for any quarterback in the pocket. Like I, I don't see a, like obviously Cam Rising. I think he's good, but even with Cam Rising, is that enough to actually elevate them to like with their current offense to the top of the Pac-12? I don't think so. Um, so I. I think we've seen it kind of multiple weeks that like, yeah, they beat Florida week one and they were, they were okay. You know, they were solid enough defensively against a team that's just going to hand it off. And Baylor, they, the defense was solid, but the offense was not good. So I honestly don't know. You're currently have what six ranked teams in the pack 12 right now that they're going to face is Utah better than all of them? No. Are they better than half of them? I don't think so. Um, so right now, uh, Utah is, is a team down for me. Granted, I hope cam rising comes back and like plays well, but, um, I, I don't know. Uh, let's move on to individual players. Shane, we finally get to victory lap. Who's your week two victory lap here. I, I, I'm going to victory lap uh, 
Jaden Ott. I think a lot of people just wrote off the Cal rushing attacks. They added guys to the transfer portal, and, and Jaden Ott had a great true freshman season. Well, he can't do that again. And had a monster week one. Week two, you go up against Auburn, which say which one of an Auburn. They're not like a phenomenal SEC team, but they still they're pulling in four or five star recruits and on defense and not, you know, scores a touchdown, 78 yards rushing. He's used in the passing game. Like I think he is severely underrated in Debbie. People are just passing him by. So I'm taking the victory lap because Cal's offense outside of him pretty much sucks. Like they have some good receivers there that don't get utilized because they don't have a quarterback that can throw the ball. Um, but like Jay not is carrying, uh, is going to carry this offense all year. And it's, I think going to be an NFL running back. Nelly, how about you? Uh, give me Evan Stewart, uh, wide receiver at Texas a and I, I just think he's solidifying himself as the top wide receiver in that class. He's it, very good. He's reminds me a lot of Garrett Wilson. Um, and I, the top of that class has all played pretty well this year. Uh, but I do think Evan Stewart is still clearly above the rest, just in terms of being able to do it all. And um, that was a stance that I had. So I'll victory lap it at this point. Uh, my victory lap is someone that I know Nelly was giving me shit for being a fan of this offseason. Uh, let's talk Quinn Ewers. This was the best game he's ever played. Uh, against a good Alabama defense. Goes out uh, 24 for 38, 349 yards, three touchdowns. Um, was quick to step in the pocket when he, when he needed to, when the pass rush was coming. Like He played very, very well. And props to him. Like, it definitely helps to have all the weapons that he has around him, right? A healthy Xavier Worthy, uh, Adnai Mitchell, JT Sanders, Cedric Baxter, Jonathan Brooks, right? All those guys. But he played very, very well. Um, like Shane mentioned early, earlier, right? It, it took him a little bit to kind of settle in. But as soon as he did, he, he played exceptional. So uh, he's still 12 in my ranks. Um and I'm very happy to have him there. Um, I, th- I think he played really well. And he, if he continues to play this way, um, we're talking about a first-round pick in the NFL draft. Uh, so, Shane, you, you agree you're the draft guy here. It can happen, right? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think it can happen. I think beating Alabama and having the stat line he did, that second half he had – you know the physical tools are there. It's one of the highest-rated recruits ever. So, yeah, for, I mean, first round's a possibility. He's got to keep it up. Like, he has to have a, a consistent good season. But if he does, I mean, we could be talking top 10, you know, is uh, within reach for him. Yeah. Uh, Shane, give me your uh, two players to monitor here. Yeah, so I'm going to start with, with one kind of smaller name, one bigger name. Um, Nate Noel, the uh, running back for App State. I think it's a name to just keep keep an eye on. Um, two hundred yard games here, Gardner Webb, week one of the North Carolina, as Nelly mentioned before, week two. You know, he scored three touchdowns now in two games. The, the schedule for App State is pretty light on the defensive side. He's already been getting some of that Senior Bowl 
buzz. You know, we, we love we love the senior bowl running backs because they're going to go up in value in January. Um, so maybe in some deeper Debbie League, someone took Nate Noel, definitely a C2C asset um, on the CFF side who might have an NFL future that you maybe still could trade for early on here. But I think he's um, maybe an underrated running back that I'm going to be watching to see if, yeah, is this an NFL guy? Not much, not much receiving talent there holds him back, but um, could be a value play. And then the second one's a big name. And that's uh, Rocket Sanders, the running back for Arkansas. Got a knee injury in week one, did not play in week two, not looking great moving forward. Um, you know, A.J. Green and Rashad Dabinian had some success running the football without Rocket Sanders. Like, I, I, I'm keeping an eye on this injury, the knee injury. When does he come back? Does he come back in the, like, LSU, Alabama, Mississippi kind of run and not isn't effective? Like, I, I have some fear of his maybe future draft stock if this injury is bad, if he's ineffective coming back from it could really hurt him. So I'm definitely monitoring that situation and, and hoping we see, you know, 100% Rocket Sanders by the end of the year, or we could be talking about a day three running back. Nelly, how about you? Uh, first name I'll throw out there is Kevin Concepcion, wide receiver at uh, North Carolina State. Not positive I'm saying that last name correctly. Um, true freshman, probably the biggest breakout to this point amongst true freshmen. Uh, has led the team in targets both games, 16 targets across two. Um, the the actual stats themselves have not been crazy, but I think the usage is telling. Um, and that offense should get better. I mean, Robert Ine is a good offensive coordinator. Uh, Brennan Armstrong is Brennan Armstrong. But ACC soft. And, and my expectation is that offense will improve. And if he's the wide receiver one there, he's – potentially in for a pretty big uh pretty big freshman year uh just based on that usage alone um second name i'll go with is brian thomas wide receiver at lsu he's a high four star uh coming into college uh two years ago this is his third year in college had a decent freshman year last year was a little quiet dealt with a little injuries but scored some touchdowns and he's, he's started out big this year obviously had that that big touchdown and uh garbage time against florida state uh, the 75 yarder where the two defenders ran into each other, but um, had another big game in, in their win against Grambling, two more touchdowns. Um, and, and the usage is up. I mean, Malik Neighbors is who we presume to be the, the go to guy there. I think they probably see similar numbers this year when it's all said and done, but Brian Thomas is a big dude um, and, and can kind of do, do some things that Malik Neighbors can't. So I think he's someone who. Uh, is underrated in Debbie circles. Uh, so I'm going to start with, um, we haven't talked about the Gophers very much. Uh, let's talk about Darius Taylor. It goes 33 carries as a true freshman in his second game. Uh, just absolutely crushes. Obviously, that's coming off of Sean Tyler fumbling three times, only losing one, but fumbling three times, twice on the first drive. Uh, tough scene for the young man, uh, no doubt there. But Darius Taylor, you can see why he was a four-star running back. Um, who knows if he's going to fully take over Minnesota? Um, who knows if he'll fully take over at Minnesota? You know, they tend to uh, rely on upperclassmen pretty often. Um, but 
if if Tyler continues to uh, have trouble holding on to the football, see Dar- you're going to see Darius Taylor a lot, and he was very, very good. Um, the other guy I want to talk about is someone that I wasn't necessarily high on, but I think I think I was probably wrong. Uh, that's Ted McMillan, the wide receiver at Arizona. Um, this past game goes, what, eight for 161 and a touchdown against Mississippi State. Just absolutely crushes. I think he's a special player. Um, I just want to see him consistently build on that a little bit, um, have a lot more of those really, really solid games. And I know a lot of that has to do with Arizona just continuing to get better too, um, right? Trying to figure out who the, uh, trying to figure out who Jaden Delora actually is. Like, is he going to continue to get better or is this kind of what we get from him? And we just kind of get, you know, uh, a week where he's kind of really good. And then he, we get a lot of really bad plays and, you know, what are we going to get from, from uh Jindalore? and, and how much does that, uh, how much does that change Ted McMillan? So that's kind of where I'm at right now. on those two guys, anyone have any other thoughts about uh, any of the guys someone brought up? I just surprised you uh, brought a gopher in the conversation. Okay. That's all. So, who else was gonna? <laughs> no, no, one, no one else was going to. So. No other teams played this past week. Yeah. Well, no other teams were on my TV. No. Um. <laughs> but I, I think he, he did play exceptionally well. Like, yeah, it was, sure. it was a shock to me, um, that he was going to get that many carries. And uh, we're always trying to figure out like who's going to be the bell cow running back in Minnesota because, especially in in C two C leagues, right whoever is the main guy is probably going to do pretty well. And he just happened to be that guy this past week. So um, second game's a true freshman after receiving, I think it was just one carry his first game. And then he gets 33. The next is uh pretty wild to me. No, it was surprising. I did not see that coming. So it's fair. Neither did I. Um, but Hey, props to them. Um, he was a good, good crew. Uh, before we get into our buy, sell, and unknown stock, Shane, do you want to teach us something real quick? Yeah. We're, today we're going to talk about uh, Zuryab, who was basically history's first rock star ever. Um, he was born in Iraq, um, and his, uh, his instrument of choice was in Obe, which is kind of like a lute kind of thing that he modified. This is, um, you know, like eighth century. So we're talking in 800, maybe early ninth century. And um, he, he overtook his teacher, basically like his teacher was like the big musician in, in, in Iraq and in the Muslim empire. And he kind of overtook him. People wanted to hear Zuryab play because he was much better. So his teacher basically threatened him like, you need to leave this country. Or I will murder you. Um, I will kill you. So he left, went to Cordoba and played for the Royal court. And like people would line up thousands, tens of hundreds of thousands of people that line up to hear him play this lute essentially. Um, and he was kind of the first like influencer ever. His fashion was copied by people. Um, his hair was copied by people. He, he's 
and you know we had a vegetable draft a, a couple months ago. He actually was the first person recorded to eat asparagus because it turned people's made people's pee smell. They thought it was poisonous, and so he ate it. And everyone's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I was eating it. Like I'm going to eat it," you know. And it became like this big thing. Uh, there, the hygiene style all over the Muslim world kind of replicated him, and so and there was no real musical notation back then for where he was at. So he would actually just remember his songs and just like play them from memory. Um, he's on record saying he would write them basically while like drunk and asleep uh, and a sleep genie would come and give him his songs. And that's how he uh, wrote his songs. So uh, there you go. Uh, 800 CE first rock star in history. That's the good stuff, man. That's the good yeah, stuff. Future asparagus. Yeah. Uh, Nelly, let's go to you first. Buy, sell unknown stock. Who do you got? Yeah. Uh, buying one of Shane's guys, Katron Allen. Uh, just continuing to quietly match Nick Singleton's production there at Penn State. Um, and, yeah, I just don't think the value is is caught up to that. He's I, Nick Singleton is still the better NFL prospect um, just because of the raw athleticism. But um, Katron Allen is not going away. Uh, if he's a legit prospect in his own right. Um, my sell is Trevor Etienne, uh, Florida running back. Um, still running behind Montreal Johnson, getting outproduced by Montreal Johnson. Uh, they played McNeese State and ran the ball like 40 times, and Etienne still only had 11 carries. And now there's a, a true freshman uh, getting some touches there too, look pretty decent. Um so, like, once they start playing SEC teams and Graham Mertz is, is still the quarterback, uh, they're probably going to look more like they did against Utah compared to how they did against McNeese State. And it's just not a good spot to be uh, a, a hopeful prospect. Uh, I don't think he's going to get the work, and uh, there isn't even that much work to go around, quality work. So uh, I'll sell Trevor Etienne. Uh, unknown stock is Taj Washington, wide receiver at USC. Seems to be kind of the the go-to guy there. Go-to is probably not the best way to describe it, but the top target, um, the ball gets spread around a lot, but he's probably seems to be the favorite target at this point. I just don't know if that translates to any real Debbie value or, or not. Um, I think it probably does, to be honest with you. Taj Washington was like, he broke out as a redshirt freshman. I think it was at Memphis. Uh, and then transferred to USC, was kind of an ancillary, ancillary guy the past couple of years. But I don't know. All it takes is one big year with Caleb Williams to to kind of blow up and, and be be relevant. And uh, as of now, he's kind of leading that room. And there's there's a bunch of talent there. So I think that speaks to Taj Washington. Shane, how about you? You're I'll, I'll, I'll start with my buy. It's Blake Corum, uh, running back from Michigan. I think continues to just be underrated. Probably was drafted as a Debbie at some point. Donovan Edwards there at Michigan has been god-awful in these first two weeks. He can't break a tackle to save his life, and Blake Corum looks like he's back and running for touchdowns and breaking so athletic and quick. So I, I you know, I would uh, try to take one of your big week one performers, take a uh, Tyler Algier, a uh, Kyron Williams, a uh, Puka Nakua, 
trade him for Blake Corum. I, I think you could get a hit there. And, you know, I, I just think the NFL is going to like him. He has a production, was a Heisman contender last year, might be again this year. That's going to translate in the draft capital. You can sell him later if you don't like Blake Gorham. My sell is uh, DJ Wugley. Um Has looked kind of good for Oregon State these past two weeks. Put up some numbers. I think it's going to come crashing down in a couple weeks when Oregon State starts playing actual defenses. Um, I don't think maybe maybe he'll be better than he was at Clemson. But if you can get a late-round Debbie pick, I mean, I, w- I would just offer DJU up for late-round Debbie pick. Hey, you want to take a flyer on this big, athletic, strong-armed quarterback that's putting up numbers, people know the name, you might be able to get one and kind of reset, respend that pick. Uh, something I'm going to be doing this week in my leagues where I drafted him, you know, at the 101 in Debbie leagues. My unknown is Dante Moore, quarterback for UCLA. Uh, I think it's looked good in the first two games that Chip Kelly offense as a true freshman. Is Should he be the top quarterback of the class? You know, should we make that transition um, past Malachi Nelson and Arch Manning and the others? Is he going to sustain this through the Pac-12? He's going to have some rough games. Like, I think the hype maybe is a little out of control. I, I, I don't know where to stand on Dante Moore and really how – where he should be in my Debbie rankings. So I'm, I'm thinking it out here. Yeah. Um, my buy is probably isn't owned in many Debbie leagues, to be honest with you. Um, and that's Roman Wilson, the wide receiver at Michigan. I think when we're looking at guys that are going to be NFL players and probably going to get some solid NFL draft capital, um, Roman Wilson has to be at the top of that list. What I would give up for him, I think he's right on the line of kind of that C2C kind of fourth or fifth round pick for a college side. Um, if someone's kind of looking for an NFL piece, um, could go anywhere from, it's hard to tell how they value things, but um, I think an aging wide receiver, maybe like a Tyler Lockett, or Michael Thomas type player, um, if, if I am... Um, you know, not competing on the NFL side, I would happily give something like that up for a guy like Roman Wilson. Um, I want to move to my unknown here. Um, I've actually gone with zero cells, and I have two unknowns um, because I'm very confused on two players. The first, Braylon Allen. Um, seven carries for 20 yards, six receptions for 12 yards. Like, what is happening at Wisconsin? I don't know. Um, I thought that Braylon Allen was their best player at least how that that's how they acted last week um this week a much different story so I'm very confused as to uh that whole process uh my other unknown stock is someone that I'm known a known hater of and that's Drew Alar um I I just think his value is is too high for the production that you get uh but I, I, it's really hard to judge him as a player right now, right? You have through two games, uh, he has a little over 500 passing yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, but like they haven't really played anyone. They've played West Virginia and Delaware and he just crushed Delaware, but everyone should crush Delaware. Um, the other question is like, does he have good enough weapons to succeed this year? I think that's another question. Uh, so I don't know. I know that uh, Shane obviously likes him very much, judging by his rankings. You can find those on the uh, Debbie Marketplace Discord. 
Um, but I, I don't know what to do with him. I, he, he's had a good completion percentage. Um, I, I don't know. I'm very, very confused as to uh, uh, kind of how to move forward with Drew Alar. Um, and my, my problem is the rest of the class has been so bad that it makes Drew Alar look better. But that's not a reason to, you know, just move someone up in my mind. So um, don't really know what to do there. Any final thoughts from you guys here? The, the only pushback I'll give is I think that is a reason to move someone up because some quarterbacks going in the top five of the NFL draft, right? And so whoever the best one is of a class is worth the high Debbie pick. Yeah, we'll wait for Shudder Sanders to stay in 25. Uh, that's fair. Could happen. Any thoughts, Nelson? We'll wait for Caleb Wilson to, or Caleb Williams to stay for twenty twenty five, according to his dad. <laughs> that would destroy everything. Uh, but that is it for us here at the Devin Marketplace. Join the free Discord where we're listening to this podcast. Click the description, click the link, join for free. I would love to see you in there. Um, that is it for us. Thanks so much for listening, and we appreciate every single one of you. <laughs>